0: You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. I'm so excited for this third episode and thank you again to everyone who's listened to episodes one and two. I appreciate your support and your listens. Um, Please be sure to check out my podcast on different platforms, which you can see on my anchor page. And uh, also, I would love if everyone who's listening to this podcast could head over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review, give us five stars, and really get our rating up. That would mean a lot to me, so thank you so much. So, for this week, we're going to start talking about the Calm One of the Week. So, for this week's Calm One of the Week, I'd like to shout out Playbill.com. So, Before the pandemic and even through the pandemic, Playbill has been one of the premier theater sources for the biggest Broadway fans, as well as the general community who want to hear about Broadway news. And obviously, you know, when everything took place and Broadway went dark, West End went dark, community theaters went dark, they still continued some great work and really helped share the stories of these arts workers whose stories aren't being told because they aren't getting the work and they haven't been able to do any shows or anything throughout this pandemic. So... They've still continued to keep up with Broadway news, news big and small, whether that's virtual events such as the Ratatouille TikTok musical, which they did a great job with and raised a lot of money for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, um, as well as video series, doing tours of New York City theaters and bringing viewers along, because I know a lot of people were missing that New York City touring aspect and really being able to go to a show and see the theaters. Um, And they've just continually stepped up their game throughout this pandemic. And so I want to tip my hat to Playbill.com and their staff for some really great journalistic work throughout this pandemic. And I'm sure they'll be ready for when stages uh, light up again and have audiences. So I'm excited to stay tuned and see more. Um, So go to Playbill.com, check out some stories. And that's my Calm One of the Week. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about shifting careers. And, you know, with the pandemic happening this spring, a lot of people had a lot more time on their hands and they weren't working as much and so they had time to pursue these passion projects and different interests to them that really made them happy and then once everything sort of, you know, slowed down a bit and everyone went back to work, they found that the work they were doing wasn't really what they intended it to be in the first place. So today we're going to talk to a guest and she's going to talk about her recent career change and how she used her experiences from her previous internships and positions to find a job that really speaks to her and really, you know, fits in with what her career goals are. She's also going to talk about her podcast and how she translates what she talks about on her podcast into her social media and how she's not afraid to be herself. She's she's also going to share her tips and tricks on how to break into the broadcast journalism industry. And we're going to find out the tricks of the trade. So stay tuned and you don't want to miss it. Hey guys, I'm joined by my next guest in the show who is known by her social media followers as the Monfather. Um, as a previous 2018 Marist College grad during her time on campus, she was able to secure an internship at Entertainment Tonight. Post-grad, she has had positions at the Daily Mail and most recently Newsmax. She's here today to share her tips and tricks to break into the broadcast journalism industry. Welcome, welcome Monica Luisi. Welcome Thank you so to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, and
0: I'm really happy that you're able to share my story. Awesome. Um, So just to start, do you want to give listeners a little bit about your journey in your career and how you got to broadcast journalism and how you got to these different positions that you have had so far in your career?
1: Yeah. So basically, as a young child, I was obsessed with television and movies. Um, My favorite movie as a child was um, The Wizard of Oz. I think that cinematically and everything that had to do with Wizard of Oz was just like absolutely beautiful. Um, I was just obsessed with movies and TV. And my dad was a New York City firefighter. So he would commute back and forth to the city all the time. And we would have to watch the news to see the traffic. Um, so with that being on, Eyewitness News was on and Liz Cho was doing the, the news. And I always wanted to be her. I was like, I want to be Liz Cho. I think she's so pretty. Like as a kid, I was really young. I was like five or six. And I just really just wanted to be on TV. So um, fast forward, I've always had dreams of doing this. Um, When I was in high school, I would do my morning news. So they would film me with a teleprompter and it would just broadcast throughout the entire uh, high school. I went to Allentown High School in New Jersey. And uh, that's where every single morning, that's what I do. And then I advanced to Marist College where I majored in broadcast journalism. And I took all the news courses and stuff like that. And I just loved it more and more. The more I took it, the more I was like, this is where I really belong. So once I got to my senior year, I could, I felt like, okay, do I want to go abroad or do I want to do Marist in Manhattan? So I figured I'm going to take everything that, you know, Marist has to offer. And although going abroad sounds great, I can, I have my whole life to travel. So I was like, I want to fully immerse myself in the broadcasting world and get an internship. So Marissa Manhattan was definitely one of the best things that I could have ever done for myself. Um, I landed an internship with Entertainment Tonight. It was absolutely insane. I was living in the city on the Upper East Side at the time in like 2017. um, So the fall of my uh, senior year. And I would go to work every day. I would meet all different kinds of celebrities. And it was then where I really realized, damn, I really love celebrity news. And this is where I belong. And, you know, throughout the way, you know, obviously the internship ended and I was really upset about it. And then I ended up unemployed uh, summer 2018 after I graduated. So unfortunately, Entertainment Tonight, their newsroom is so small in the city, in the New York City office. So they weren't hiring anybody new. Um, And if I were to go out to LA, I would be not doing anything because they have so many people that they don't really know what to do with. Um, So, you know, when I graduated, I was unemployed. I was applying to all these different jobs all over the place, like different states, even being, you know, reporting or anything that do production. And I just wasn't hearing anything. And then Daily Mail picked up my application and they were like, do you want to be a video producer for Daily Mail? And I said, yes. So I definitely jumped on the first opportunity that I could get. Um, And, you know, it's important to really realize like, even if you're not getting your dream job right off the bat, you know, getting that in is so important. So I was like, Daily Mail, everyone knows Daily Mail. I'm really excited to start here, let's do it. So I applied and um, I accepted their offer and I started at the end of that summer. And then I was there for two years. And then I was like, I was asking my um, mentor, uh, not my really my mentor, my, my higher up. I said, is there room for growth? Because I was promised room for growth here and I'm not seeing it. I've been doing the same thing for two years. The only increase that I'm seeing is in my paycheck. And although that's great, I'm just not, I'm not doing what I feel like is meant for me in my heart. And he was like, okay, like, we'll see what happens. You know, we can get you into the London office because it's a UK-based place. And I was like, oh, this is great. COVID happened, didn't end up going to London. And um, I just kept applying to other places because I was like, this is not it nine hours behind a computer screen is just not for me. It's, I felt like a waste of talent. You know, all my things that I learned in school weren't being put to use. Um, And I I was doing the Facebook shows, you know, for daily mails, hosting intro and outro and viral videos, small segments um, in the studio, but then it just, it wasn't anything that I really, really wanted to do. So I applied to Newsmax and I heard back um, this past summer and I finally got the job. I I interviewed and I've been there for like two weeks. So, I'm here
0: <laughs> that's just great. Well, that's so awesome. Um, I also did the Marison Manhattan program. And I really see the benefits of it. It was just so great to get that experience of not even just the internship, but also, like you said, living in the city and using the subway and you know, how to figure out, you know, budgeting your money and all that. So that's just a great experience. And also how you touched on, you know, sort of that process after graduating. Um, is there like a, the biggest lesson you learned during that time of being unemployed right after being a senior that you would pass on to the next round of seniors that are just graduating? Because, especially with this pandemic and everything, the job market is crazy. So, um, what's your biggest tip for graduating seniors in 2021?
1: Well, that's a great question. And I have a couple of tips. Um, if it weren't for COVID, um, which it wasn't for me when I was applying to jobs, it's definitely keep trying and do not give up. And I was, I've, so many times felt so tempted to just give up. Um, Right after graduation, oh, nobody's gonna hire me, nobody wants me, nobody's picking up my application. And the thing is, when you apply to these jobs, they don't even say no, they just ignore you. And it's really off-putting and it's really, um, you know, it's discouraging. And, you know, it could discourage anybody, especially the media industry, the communication industry. It's so cutthroat, it's so selective. It's, oh, it's who you know, and if you don't know anybody, you're stuck. And that's tough. Um, but definitely do not give up. Make anything that you can to show for yourself a reel, any projects. It's so time consuming, but it will pay off like big time. Um, I kind of wish that I had a reel. I didn't really have one going in. Um, I just had basically some previous work and fudged a couple of things here and there to try and make it look like, you know, fake it till you make it. It's kind of a real thing as long as you can back it up. I mean, it's not the best, most honest way to do it, but if you're really struggling, it can help. Um, and then as far as applying to new, to new jobs, if you're, you know you already have something and you want something even better, um, definitely keep again, keep trying. but even in COVID, I was able to get a job. So even though people aren't getting jobs, there are still there's still a market for people. And I know that a lot of people are saying, you know 2020 is not your year or whatever. I mean, it wasn't your year if you didn't do anything. And I mean, like that sounds so harsh, but when you're stuck and, you know, you turn your pain into power and I'm big into that kind of stuff. So take what is working against you and make it work for you. So do something for yourself that will help you plan that job, um, whether it be, you know, Starting a podcast like you're doing, excellent. You know, starting your own kind of like magazine sort of thing, uh, do your own graphic design for somebody small, and really build your portfolio. Like this is this is the time to do that, and um, that's like the biggest piece of advice
0: that I could probably give to you guys. Yes, and um, you know, a lot of things have come out of this pandemic, you know, that have been very helpful for people. Like you mentioned about you know starting a podcast and all that, um, and you've actually been working on your own podcast too, The Mon Father. So can we talk a little bit about that as well? Where did okay. that all come from? Yes,
1: yes. So um, it started when I was at Daily Mail and um, I was doing YouTube for a while. When I first started at Daily Mail, I was like, this still is like, I mean, when I started in 2018, it wasn't what I was doing. And um, when I was working at Daily Mail, I was seeing a lot of things that were really, really disturbing. You know, when you work in video, you have to see really disturbing footage of surveillance, whatever it may be, whatever you can think of, I probably would have, I probably saw it. And it was not the best, it wasn't the best starting out because I wasn't so desensitized to it. And I would come home crying every day for the first three months, I was miserable. And I was like, you know what, I have to do something, you know, I've got all this personality and I can't really express myself at work yet. Cause it's really uncomfortable. You know, there's people with different kinds of opinions and views and personalities, and I'm going to scare everybody off. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own YouTube. So I was doing that for a little bit for about a year. And then I just got so like wrapped up in what I was doing a daily mail that I stopped. I kind of wish I didn't. Um, Cause it was just like a lot of editing and it was a lot yeah. of vlogging and editing and it was just like too much for me. So I was like, let me do something a little less work. And um, I was like, let's podcast. So I, I do it on my YouTube channel and my IGTV. And that kind of just stemmed from the same thing. I've got all this personality, nothing to do with it, but I want to talk about things that people can relate to because a lot of people really liked when I was doing the YouTube channels and talking about things like anxiety, uh, derealization, uh, personality, like all these different kinds of like anxiety stuff because you know, um, I feel like it's really relevant for kids our age and around there in their twenties and stuff like that. And beauty reviews, um, controversial topics, um, sometimes politics, um, whatever's relevant in the world. I like to talk about it and, um, all opinions are welcome on it as well. So I like to have, it's kind of like a Joe Rogan, like female version of it. So, I mean, I love to promote small businesses as well. So I'll get people that send me stuff and I'll have them on and t- talk about their small business. Um, because This COVID stuff, it just didn't help a lot of people. And I want to help raise awareness for, you know, a lot of people who had their own stuff going on. And I think it's a great way. So I love my podcast. I'm taking a hiatus because I was getting settled on my new place and a new job, but I will be back with it. Um, But if you have something, definitely stick with it because it's very easy to get caught up in the day to day, but definitely stick with it. Do not let it fizzle out.
0: Yes, and just following you on Instagram and seeing your podcast and listening, you always bring that great personality to everything that you do. So, what tip would you have for someone who wants to get started in broadcast journalism? How can they bring their personality out on camera and on, you know, audio and everything?
1: That's also a really great question because when you're starting in a new place, it can be really intimidating, and you don't know these people. They're all what older than you, or you, you know, they're more experienced than you, and you can feel like, oh man, do I really belong here? Oh no, how's this person going to react? Um, but you know what? Be yourself. Um, and I know everyone says that and it's so played out. Oh, be yourself, Be you just do. You know, when you first start out, learn as much as you can and ask questions. So when I first start out anywhere, I like to ask as many questions as I can. But you know, if you can tease yourself about it, if you can joke about it, like, oh, I know I asked so many questions, or so, say something like that, you'll get like a response. And if you can work around a sense of humor, making somebody laugh is the biggest, the best thing you can do, because if you can make somebody laugh, you know, it's an automatic connection and they'll feel warmer to open up to you more. Because um, I know that, you know, when you're in communications, you have to deal with all different kinds of personalities. You've got boring people. You've got people with different, any kinds of different views of you at any kind of different age, gender, whatever it may be. And there's always going to be maybe a disconnect if you really don't know that person. Um, and confidence is everything. Um, just from people can judge you just from right off the bat, what you look like, but the thing is that you have to own it, and it took me a while to really realize this is who I am, and whether you like it or not, because when I was in college, when I was at Marist, um, I did not enjoy my first year. I didn't really, I mean, I enjoyed a good chunk of it, but for the most part, I really didn't enjoy it because the students that went there really made me feel insecure about myself. Like, do I really belong here? Is, Is this really my place? And you know, embrace what makes you different, and take what makes you different wherever you go, and really embrace it. And I guess pull it out of yourself more so, and kind of own it. So people look at you like, "Wow, she's got that confidence." Because you will impress a lot of people if you really own yourself and you know who you are. Um, don't let anybody make you feel bad about yourself, because there is a place for you. Whether you know, whether you don't feel like it right now, there will be a place for you. And you know, when I was at my previous jobs, I felt out of place. And now that I'm at Newsmax, I feel so much more comfortable than I did, you know, a week or two in at my previous, you know, uh, companies that I was at, you know, now I'm at Newsmax. And I'm like, I can be myself right off the bat. Like people, you know, they, they love the personality. They love the drive. They love somebody who can really bring a lot to the table. So own it is a big one. And don't be afraid to you know, speak up and speak your mind and stand up for what you believe in, because that can go a really long way and can possibly get you further connections as well, which is huge in the communication industry.
0: And I'm so glad you bring up, you know, finding your place because, you know, I've had experiences in the past where I have, you know, felt out of the place too, but you think to yourself, you know, is it me? Am I doing something wrong? Am I offending them or something? But, you know, it's never what you think it is you know so i feel like that's such a great message that you just shared about that because you know i feel like a lot of people when they go into these jobs and internships and they you know feel out of place they think oh you know that's me i shouldn't worry about it you know i'll just you know work on it but then when you find new things like your new job and you really belong there that's something really valuable um yeah sorry to cut you off (laughs) um i was gonna say um
1: what was i gonna say i was gonna mention um basically everything happens for a reason. What it, whatever you believe in, um, whatever you go through in the workplace is happening to you for a reason. And it's there to prepare you for what's next. So when I had a miserable time at Maris because the students like bullied the crap out of me or whatever, I was, I was like really insecure about myself, but I had to go through that because if I didn't, I don't think I would have had the thick skin that I have now. So now that I'm in the workplace, I'm like, I don't care who doesn't like me or I don't care if I'm too much for somebody. You know, as long as you say true to who you are and you're kind to everybody, that's the big thing is to be nice to everybody, no matter what, because they will see that you are a good person and, you know, to not like you would be, it would be ridiculous then. Um, but yes, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. And whatever you believe in, it's always to prepare you. That's what I learned big time.
0: Yes. And um, sort of circling back to your internship at Entertainment Tonight, so in my last episode, um, I was talking about internships with a fellow com student at Marist, um, and we were kind of talking about that competitive process of the application and the resume. So, um, what what would you think were some things that set you apart from other applicants, and what tips would you give to somebody who would want an internship at Entertainment Tonight or another media, you know, company in New York City? That's
1: really good. Um, it's really good that you mentioned that because, you know, resumes are basically you as much of you on a single piece of paper as possible. Um, I guess, you know, what sets me apart on my resume is that, you know, I, in my intro, in my little intro bio, I try to put my voice into that as much as I can. So so they can kind of get a feel for that, okay, you're gonna deal with somebody with like a little bit of a personality and somebody who's also knowledgeable about the job and about the position as possible. Um, My header on my resume is is like pink lettering, uh, just because like, I feel like that would make me stand out. And the font is bold and it, you know, has all my credentials and stuff like that. Um, But I also have, well, I had previous experience when I was in high school at a radio station, which was really good. I had that through a connection, but like for those who don't have a connection, you're you're fresh out of high school. You I mean you don't have, you don't really get internships in high school, um, but I would start, you know, building up yourself at home projects and things like that, so you kind of say that you were able to do this and you have something to show for. Um, because if you're going in and you don't have much on your resume, you know, they're like, why would I hire this person? But for, for something like something big like Entertainment Tonight. Um, show that you have knowledge of the subject, you know, show that you have, you know, knowledge of the entertainment field, um, you know, maybe even do your own standups and just talk about the latest celebrity news or the latest news in general, because people love to see that somebody does projects. You know, it's very, because like for me, it's very easy to get kind of embarrassed, you know, or a little flustered when, oh, someone's going to think this is so stupid or, oh, this is like kind of lame. Oh, what if I did this? What's this person going to think? You have to throw all that out the window because that's only going to, you have to uh, advance your career. You have to do what's best for you. And if that means standing in front of a, you know, a white wall with like a little microphone and saying, here's what happened this week in Hollywood. If that's what's going to, well, if that's what it takes, then you have to do it, you know?
0: Yes, totally. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of opportunities, not only with internships too. This is another thing I talked about in my last episode, but also on campus because. You know, a lot of people say, well, I couldn't get an internship, so I couldn't put this thing on my resume, but you know, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, what clubs were you involved in during college that made you, you know, add that to your resume? So I did the radio. Um, I loved doing the Radio
1: WMAR. That was so much fun. I did a couple episodes of that. Um, I took a lot of producing the newscast courses, um, so I got to work hands-on in like a real studio. Well, not like as real as you can get at college, um, what also really helped me, I joined a sorority and I never thought so of myself as a sorority girl at all. And I joined it and it was definitely one of the best things that I could have ever done because not only can you network with people, but you learn a lot, you learn it kind of about, um, your place. you know, when it, when it comes to respecting those older than you learning who, um, you know, gets, you know, the priority or whatever. So for those who have put in more work, you know, you respect more, those, those kinds of people more so, um because when I, now that I'm in the workplace, I'm like, okay, let me, as, as a new person, I'm like, okay, if there's snacks, let let them take it first, because I'm not going to come in here barging in as a new kid and taking all this, all the donuts that somebody brings in. It's, it's <laughs> little things like that, that, you know, they'll, that it taught me being in a sorority. Um, but as far as like, you know, doing news clubs and communications clubs, oh, I got involved in the newspaper for, if you are big into writing or photography or journalism, I um, I took, um, journalism. I took journalism courses where I had to go out into like Poughkeepsie and different college campuses and interview different kinds of people. Definitely get involved in the newspaper def- or Marist Circle. Definitely get involved in any kind of comm courses that really, or courses or clubs that really just are what's going to get you ahead take it. You know, it's going to be time consuming. If you're going to say, oh, I don't have time, this and that, you will make time. Um, you know, if you really want something badly enough, you can get it and you will do it. So definitely take advantage of all the journalism um, clubs and courses, um, whatever fits your schedule best. But I would say max, like do two or three, whatever works.
0: Yeah. And I feel like Maris has such unique clubs, you know, the other colleges don't have. So it's definitely great to get that you know, opportunity to be a part of that. And also like, there's a lot of alumni like you and other alumni who have done these great things and they were involved in them. And they're always so glad to help like being on this podcast. Um, So my next question is, so, you know a lot of people are working from home now and, you know, it's much different, you know being in a regular office and, you know working from home and, you know, doing your own thing but I would imagine it's very, you know difficult to be in the media industry and work from home with all the, you know interviewing and everything. So how has that transition been for you?
1: So um, I was working at Daily Mail before COVID. And that was because that was my first real job after college. So I was in the, I was commuting from New Jersey, by the way, which was really, really rough. Um, it was like an hour and a half one way, an hour and a half back. So total, I've got three hours of my life wow. on a bus. <laughs> oh my God. It was so bad. Um, which also tip, save your money and commute, just suck it up and pay your dues that way because it pays off. I promise, and that was I did that for like a year and a half. Um, but yes, I was doing the commute. COVID happened. Luckily, we were able to do everything because I'm on the digital team. We were able to do everything digitally, um, so it was just kind of like downloading the proper, you know, things for your computer and just connecting to your work computer from your personal. So that was okay. Um, the social media team took over the Facebook Watch shows that I was doing, which is usually their thing anyway. But I wanted to do it. Um, but the social media team had to do everything from home. So I saw one of the girls she had to set up a giant TV behind her that's a daily mail, and she would have to do like, you know, the viral video thing from her basement from her house in Jersey. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you have to make a lot of sacrifices. There was nobody in the office. Um, and then once things started opening up a little bit, um, they asked me to come back. I didn't feel safe because of the climate, not so much COVID. It was just more of like, uh, the protests and the crime that was happening in New York City, I did not feel comfortable going back in. So I was like, I'm going to stay home. So then I was doing that for a while. But now, uh, you know, I left Daily Mail. I put in, put in my two weeks on December 1st. And then December 15th was my first day at Newsmax. And it was all in studio. So I was like, oh, now I gotta be like, I don't want to commute anymore. I don't feel comfortable still, like being in the subway area. So like the commute for that being my commute. Um, so I'm now in the city, I'm paying rent in the city and rent is very good, by the way. So if you're looking for- That's good yes. to hear. <laughs> yes, yes, rent is very good. Rent is very doable right now. This is like, you're probably gonna get the best deals ever right now. Cause, um, but I'm within walking distance from Newsmax because I don't wanna take the subway. I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, but I'm literally like a block and a half away from, from Newsmax and now it's a, cause you have to be in person. You have to, it's a live show. You cannot do, you cannot do it from home you could if you know because we have to get elements and elements are kind of like B roll footage for the segments that we have. So you have the anchors they need to be in. Um, it just helps it just makes everything run so much smoother from the studio. Um, but a lot of it is done in the studio so that transition, it feels good to be back in a social aspect. Um, it feels good to be doing more hands on things Um, because I would have been miserable if I went back to Daily Mail and just sitting in a chair the entire time, because, you know, what's the point? If you can do it from home, you know, what's the point in coming back? Um, But I really love being in a live newsroom. I think it's absolutely incredible experience. You know, it tests you and challenges you in so many different ways. So I am happy to be back. And I think the transition was very smooth. It was very fast, but very smooth.
0: That's awesome. And um, what do you do in your day-to-day role at Newsmax and, you know, sort of what have you been working on so far? If you can give that away.
1: <laughs> of course. So um basically, you know, we'll come in, we'll go to a meeting. So if the meeting has all like the producers and the talent, they'll all sit around and we'll talk about the segments for the day and who are we going to have on. So you've got the booker, he comes on and he basically explains, you know, this is the people that we're going to have on today at this time, at this block. And because, well, the show that I'm working on, it's a three hour show. So you can all you can only do so much in three hours. So the first two hours are like, guests, and topics. And then the, the last hour is usually a panel. So we'll bring on about a panel of three other people. Um, it's usually political correspondents or um, attorneys and stuff like that to kind of weigh in on um, the topics that we talked about previously, whether it be stimulus and COVID and all that kind of stuff, whatever we talk about. Um, but from 9.45 when the meeting ends up until one forty-five, we are completely working on uh, the B-roll footage. We're working on uh, Sots, which are kind of like, you know, the small 30 second sound bites or bits um, of video or sound that kind of play into the package um, and kind of just write the scripts. All that stuff is done. And from two o'clock to five o'clock, we run the show. So everything needs to be in our scripts and our rundown. Everything needs to be in the teleprompter. The anchors got to be ready to go. They know what they're going to be doing when I'm talking about the questions, and then I do the teleprompt sometimes I get the, ele- the I get the elements and I, I'm going to dabble into script writing really soon. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm still pretty new. So once that happens, I will be doing uh, some script writing for the anchors and stuff like that. So, and then it's all like three, two, one go, and there's no stopping. And it's so exciting. Cause you never know what's going to happen, especially now with Skype and zoom. Cause, because the guests come on the show via internet. And if their audio goes out, it's like, what now what happens what do we do or oh this guest canceled last minute now what are we gonna do so you never know what's gonna happen so it's a mix of like routine and you know spontaneous whatever happens and uh, it's a lot of fun
0: that goes into sort of my next question so you know there's a lot of things going on in the news right now and you know people have to be virtual like you said so what do you think of the new landscape of the news industry about, you know, having to, you know, print sort of dying and this new virtual format on TV? What do you think about that new format? And do you think that it's going to stay like this for a while? Or do you think there's going to be like a new resurgence of, you know, things we've seen in the past?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really upset that, you know, media is dying out the way, you know, I, I don't know, I just don't, I don't think that Media is going to be what it has been. Um, I'm going to miss newspapers. I'm going to miss magazines. Um, my most fondest memory of like my family is my dad. You know, every morning having it like reading the newspaper, reading the New York Post every morning with his coffee, and it's like, you know, everything's going to be on your phone or on your tablet um tv is gonna die i know like that's just inevitable everything's gonna be streamed um you have roku tv you've got apple tv where you can literally see the news there i guess um cable's gonna die so it's gonna be on there um it's just like it's just a thing that you kind of have to accept and no matter if you like it or not we are the generation of instant gratification so people don't want to go out and have to buy something they want to pull it up on the, the closest device they have and it's it's really sad. And it's actually, to me, it's scary, especially um, journalism just isn't what it is, what it was, you know? Wh- I mean, I was kind of cautious heading into the news industry um, because I was so happy to be at, at, at entertainment tonight. Cause it was like celebrity. And, you know, it sounds like fun and it, cause it is fun. It's other, you're talking to other people, you're gossiping, whatever, but now it's news and, you know, it's credibility. And it's, a lot of that has gone out the drain, you know, it's gone out the window basically you know, you, what, who do you trust and, you know, who's throwing their opinion into news and that's a whole other, you know, demon. Uh, But as far as uh, you know, the print print and television and what the future is for media, it's all just going to be digital. And, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. You're going to, we're going to not have a lot of tangible news anymore, books, everything's on your Kindle, everything's on your devices. It's sad because, I don't know. I think it's just like a piece of history that you're holding every single day. And people just take advantage of it. Or they don't even realize it. I know I'm going to miss it <laughs> for sure. sure.
0: Yes. But the, the good news is there'll be a lot of chances to have, you know, some great guests on that wouldn't maybe be able to come on in person, which that's probably one of the pluses of this whole virtual thing. But um, so my final question for you, and it's something that I'm asking all my guests is who is your favorite girl boss? It doesn't necessarily have to be in calm but just who's this someone you look up to, you know, in your career, in your life? So I loved this
1: question because um, you sent this to me before and I was, I really thought about it. And I was like, does it have to be calm? And I was like, well, I don't really know anybody. Like, do I want to say like Hoda. I'm like, but that's not true to myself. So trust me when I say that Snooki is <laughs> my girl boss. I love her for so many reasons. And I guess to put it, um, an all encompassed idea, but to see somebody go from like, you know, who she was as a, as, you know, as everybody knows her on TV to someone who owns her own business, you know, owns two stores um, in two, well one store in two different locations and wants to expand has her own, you know, makeup line, clothing line, um, you know, baby strollers and high chair line, like everything, you know, perfume. I think it's absolutely incredible to see somebody like go from, you know, everyone was talking negatively about her. And she had such a negative, you know, um, image in, in in media to go to, to a, being one of the best moms that I see on social media. And she has three beautiful children, a gorgeous home and a gorgeous family. Um, I just think that, you know, the way that she holds herself and the way that she deals with people who have something negative to say about her is someone that I really look up to and um, someone that I really strive to, you know, be, you know, because so, she's she may be small, but her personality is big and I love that. She owns it and I think that it's very important to have that mindset, especially as a female in the um, media industry.
0: Yeah, I think she's a great example of a girl boss. Um, she's really sort of been like a phoenix rising from the ashes in the industry and um, yeah, she's done some great things in the Snooky store in Beacon. I've, is that where it is? I've always wanted to see what it looks like in there. Have you been? Yes. So I've been to the one in uh, Madison, New Jersey, but she just opened one in Beacon.
1: And every time I go in there, I spend over like $150. I just, I love it. Great
0: clothes, the great employees. I love it. You got to (laughs) go. Hopefully, hopefully if we're back next semester, I'll take a trip there. I've been dying to to get to Beacon, but it just hasn't happened with, you know, our lockdowns and everything on campus, but hopefully next semester. Yes. You'll
1: have to let me know and show me what you get because I'm definitely want to see. I love (laughs) it. I love it.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and um, be sure to follow her on Instagram at the Monfather. father. And um, just thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. I think this is an excellent idea.
1: And um, I'm gonna, you know, I'll promote this on my Instagram as well. I'll get, you know, all the the kids in college, like no matter where if Marist or different schools doesn't even matter. I think everyone should
0: to tune in and listen for sure. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, that's the interview for today. And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, Calm Girls.